Super Mario Odyssey, Towerfall and York. This is Staying In. Do you want to know what I did today, lads? What have uh, you done? After... Well, the thing is... It's been a big day for me. It's been... It's been... It's been... A big weekend that we've just had, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Maybe in a minute. Maybe. But you want to talk about something about you first? I'm yeah, yeah. I... Rather than you know talk collectively as a group of friends, let's <laughs> there's, let's there's... focus and really zero in on what Pete likes. There's something very specific that Pete wants to talk about, everybody. Yeah, that no one else can really contribute towards. Okay. Let's focus on what really matters, and that is that I got 250 stars in Super Mario Odyssey. First of all, they're not called stars, they're called moons, but anyway, we'll carry on. Well, a special reward. <laughs> Was that just Alex popping in and going, you get a star, Peter, well yeah. done. <laughs> How many times did you fall off the ledge? Only four. You get a okay. star. Okay. <laughs> did did you eat the controller again? No. Have another star. Um, Check in the bed. Oh, well done. You made it through the night. <laughs> you made it uh, through the night. Well. Yeah. Well. Um, so 250 moons. moons. That's yeah. what I've got. So I've 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 got the second ending out of the three that exist, um, and uh, I'm done. Um, that is an exciting time, Sam. Um, I'm glad I now have my Switch, and I'm glad that you encouraged me to pick one up, because I really hate 3D Mario games before this, and I picked up Super Mario Odyssey, and now I think I really like them, and that's definitely exciting and worth... Were you not a fan of Super Mario Galaxy? No. No. I didn't really get it. I didn't really understand what the appeal was i didn't really understand i didn't really have a wii for a really long time uh, that's why i got another star <laughs> <laughs> and uh i didn't really just severely dehydrated yeah i got really put off super mario 64 um because i just i i always like the level based stuff of the 2d games i really like the 2d mario games but the 3d stuff always put me off the exploration all of that kind of thing I, and I just, I just never really gelled with it, and I just skipped all most of them, and then dipped in for five minutes and was like, ah. but I actually gave Super Mario Odyssey a bit of time, fifteen hours. I know. Of time, in fact. I, I think, yeah. I think one of the reasons I'm the same with you about 3D Mario games. They've never really clicked, clicked with me. But Super Mario Odyssey does. I'm yet mm. to get anywhere close to what what you've done. I'm not even finished it for the first time yet, but. That's mainly because um, I've just got a lot more going on on my Switch and I kind of like yeah. dip in and out and I use Super Mario Odyssey as a bit of a palate cleanser. Like I really enjoy yeah. just doing a level as in, you know, flying to another space in my big hat ship and going to another level and just completing it and using that as a kind of um, sorbet in between other games on the mm. Switch. And I think... For me, and Dan might be able to correct me on this, especially in regards to Super Mario Galaxy, and I can't, I don't know what it was like in like Sunshine or anything like that, but the big difference to me is, yeah, you've got these big open 3D um, levels that you're exploring to find these moons, but the overall arc and the story is a lot more compelling and pulls you through, I think, 
because you're always yeah. chasing Bowser. Um, so it's not like Bowser's already taken the princess and has her locked away. Like you are actively on the heels of Bowser and the princess and those weird rabbit people that he has following him around. So yeah. I think because there's a bit of a more of an impetus and a thrust getting you through and pushing you on from stage to stage that I found a lot more compelling rather than I just need to find enough stars to open up this next painting portrait then go into that world find enough stars to do this next bit and the next yeah. bit and the next bit and the next bit I think I think the thing that really grabbed me is that like it it just from the very from like minute one the game is just like just experiment yeah. just look, look around the environment and be playful, be fun, be silly. If you think you can do something, give it a, give it a try. And uh, invariably, that pretty much always pays off. Incredibly, every single time I've gone, oh, I wonder what's over there. Or I wonder if I do this on this. Yeah. I've always been rewarded. And that is exceptional. Yeah. yeah. Do you but do you tend to play it more like handheld or plugged in and on the big screen? Like I'm just really curious with Switches. Is there any other like Switch games you're more likely to prefer playing on the big screen or ones you'll play exclusively in your hands? Let's I actually played it half and half because I got about seven or eight hours in on the train back from okay. uh, the stag. The stag. Spoilers. 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 In a minute. Hello. Uh, and um, I, the other half of it was played uh, plugged into the television there's also there's also a bit of a wrinkle in all of that chris because the game really encourages you at the start mm-hmm. to play in like basically i can't remember what it's called joy-con mode is that what it's yeah. called i was going to call it maraca mode well, which i think is is better it's a better explainer for what you're actually doing yeah you essentially have if only it made the, that sound when you moved it if you haven't used a, a switch before you can uh, you get two smaller controllers that plug onto the side of essentially the tablet um and the game really wants you to play it in maraca mode um because it will allow you to do little gestures like motion gestures and that will let mario do different moves with the hat so you have cappy who's Mm -hmm. a hat and that gives you these special abilities like mostly it's about um throwing your hat onto enemies and then going into their minds and then using their abilities. So, for example, you can be a Goomba and use all the Goomba's powers, or you can be a, a Hammer Brother. And that's the main um, mechanic, like throughout the whole game. Doing it's that. a big part of it. I mean, the main, main mechanic is platforming. But, yeah, like, sorry, not mechanics. It is, it is, it is a big, like, it is a big part of it. Yeah, and and figuring out how to use their different skills and abilities uh, is is a huge deal. But basically, the motion control stuff. Uh, there's a few that are tied to the way that you move the motion, yeah. move in motion, um, and they're rubbish. I, I just think I, I'm just not a fan of motion controls. And doing them on a tablet is a bit harder uh, in tablet mode, where you're actually you know playing it as a portable, mm. um, versus playing it with a controller on the television. It's a little bit easier, but um, I think it plays. I think I think it plays yeah. really well in both. It's basically. Um, um, so, yeah, I. I I think the thing that I really loved about it that got to me was how precise they are at engineering uh, fun and smiles, right? Like, you play it, and 
the designers know exactly which buttons to push to make you feel fun, like to, to make you really feel like you're having fun, to make you laugh, to make you go, oh, that was unexpected in a really nicely surprising way. And I was just, yeah, I was just really blown away. So I, I blew through it in 15, 16 hours. Um, and um, I've really, really enjoyed it. And for me, it has been a palate cleanser, Sam. Um, but it's been a palate cleanser in between other other games now. Um, so it's I'm I'm done with the game, and I'm now going to move on to something more serious, right? So I did Rise of Industry, and I was like, yeah, okay, something really fun like Super Mario Odyssey. And now I'm going to move on to something right. a bit more serious or or, or something else. Um, and Another yeah. city building management game. Well, if I'm lucky. Um, I don't know, I might get Ace Combat or something. Um, but yeah, something something a bit chunkier, if you know what I mean. Something mm. a bit more... Mm. But um, yeah, it's very good. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, the other thing about Mario Odyssey is that... And this is something I noticed with um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch is that the music is some of the best music, I think, the official Nintendo band, as they're called, mm. have ever produced i think it's exceptional yeah. um i would yeah. spend time in worlds that i were finished that i was finished with just to carry on listening to the music that's great i love that yeah. i love that has anyone else been really hungry today like really yeah. hungry yeah actually weirdly yeah i've I, no oh well well that is weird i know i, I saw you eat five sausages on saturday Chris. well me and my oh. partner have just had to have. Me and my partner have had to have pizzas two nights on the trot. Oh, what a what a horrible world we live in! I know because the date was up today. Oh, God, what what yeah. problems I, you do I, face, Chris? I don't I don't know how you yeah, cope with each, it. Yeah, but each one was for like, each one's like for a small family, Dan. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm sure at some point the charity miles app will uh, put in your cause as well, Chris. But um, <laughs> the it, but I it it does it does. It does do something to you, doesn't it? Like, uh, like going out and being amongst the fresh air, mm. and like doing activities and being always on mm. with other people. It definitely makes you. Well, it made me hungry. Yeah, I think it's just uh, more that I'm currently in possession of about fifty bags of salt and vinegar crisps. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, I made sure to <laughs> leave those with you. So, so, Absolutely, something's but... awoken inside me. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, let's can we go? Can we can we do a a major beat announcement? Yes, a hit, a hit whistle list. stop tour. A hit list. So this this so this was my stag, my prenuptial, the second stag really, the beta stag after after Frankfurt. Yeah. We we worked out all the kinks, the bug testing. <laughs> and went yeah, we went one. gold. Yeah. So this was um, in the city of York um, over the weekend, and uh, eleven of us, so the fathers. Of both households alike in dignity, us lot, um, some family members of yours, Sam, and some mates as well, all congregated together yeah. in a converted farmhouse in York. Um, I was ever paranoid about making sure that you were okay, Sam, but also crucially that the fathers were going to be true. ingratiated into the group. <laughs> so I made sure that I actually risk assessed. The stag do using my own works risk assessment <laughs> no. template. Oh you did. God. I saw it. I was very impressed. Yeah. Um. And the two things I was mainly worried about were running out of food and drink. Clearly, that didn't happen. Clearly. Sorry about the crisps. Yeah. 
and making sure that you and the fathers were happy. So I thought, I'm going to put all my attention on you, Sam. Thank you. In my capacity as best man and you as a stag. And I thought, I'm going to delegate yeah. the fathers to Pete and Dan. So, so this was like in the build-up to before we... Yeah, this is in the build-up. Really you knew yeah. nothing of this. No, I so I said to Dan, no. Dan, can you take charge of Sam's dad? And I said, yes, that's absolutely fine. Leave it with me. Not a problem. I'm happy to go and have a chat with him. When, when we're there. That, that was the extent of our conversation on the matter. Yeah, that was it. Done, dusted. Yeah. Because that's all the, to be fair, that's all I needed to do. Yeah. And then I asked Pete, Pete, will you do the honours of looking out for Lisa, Sam's fiance, her father? Yes. Done. Except it wasn't done. Oh. Because, um, Pete, you're a man who is incredibly foreign. Your job, you require an, a significant amount of prep before you jump into anything. Yes. And um, Sam showed me, um, well, Lisa actually showed me the a little bit of a snapshot of the conversation you had with her as you grilled her for details about her father. Right. I, I think I think I think grill is a bit of a, a bit okay. a bit much. No, okay. I've, I've seen the text. I I I I'd say grill. Grill. Okay. Yeah, it was very Paxman esque. Um, okay. So what? So what? The salient point about Lisa's father was that he used to be in the RAF. So. What did you do? Well, I decided that I would read a book about the history of the RAF hmm. so that I could... As, as any normal person would. So that I could make conversation with a man who was in the Royal Air Force. And how helpful was that research, would you say? I'll give you a um, percentage. Well, I think, what, on a scale of 0 to 100? Yeah. Zero being no no help at all, 100 yeah. being really useful. Yeah, like you changed his life. He's actually gone back into the RAF. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming out of retirement. <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> um, I would say, I'm, uh, I don't know, it's not an accurate measurement, I, but I would say probably zero. Okay. Actually, yeah. no, I'd give you a couple of points because it came useful in telling us things about the RAF. Yeah. That's true. You kept insisting on just reciting RAF facts to me in the back of the car. Yeah. Well, I thought you would I thought you'd be really interested that, you know, the entire tonnage of bombing in World War 1 could be fit into 12 Lancaster bombers from World War 2. There you go. I mean, I'm happy to pepper these facts throughout the podcast. I'm not sure the listeners will be. <laughs> we turned up at the farmhouse, yes. um all convened, um um um, we went to the local pub, except we didn't because that pub is closed. It doesn't exist anymore. Yes. It's now a house. <laughs> we still went to it. Yeah, we did. We just stood outside somebody's house. Yeah. And then we went to the second local pub, which actually is still a functioning pub. The stag and his group arrived. Mm -hmm. We all got merry. We drank. It was lovely. Um, made our way home. Took full advantage of the hot tub. Well, some people did. Yes. Not everyone. No. Really. Yeah. Um you're recounting all this, but meanwhile, I woke up fully clothed in bed. Um, yeah, you weren't fully clothed. You, you, you somehow managed to uh, undo your belt. All right, okay. Like you started. Well, that's good. It was like it was like the couple of points that of percentage that Pete got for his RAF facts and their use. <laughs> he made it some of the way, but not a hundred percent. And I'm quite glad he didn't get a hundred percent. And I think that. It sounds almost like to you, Chris, that you were happy with that. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to go take this any yeah, further. I'm going like... to push it. No. <laughs> yeah. I literally did say those words quietly under my breath as I walked in. Just like, oh, well, he's obviously happy as he is. We also briefly played Sam Bingo. 
And yeah. I, ex- I assumed that would be a durational exercise, which we play over the 48 hours we're there. It pretty much finished in about two and a half hours. People got a full house. Did they? So what What? Yeah. What was... I can't remember. What were some of the ones that were on the... Well, these all came from Lisa. And I, I, I said, I mean, Lisa, can you just give me some of kind of Sam's quirks? And I used the term quirk. And Lisa just <laughs> seemingly just gave me all of his bad habits. And I put that on a bingo. <laughs> just, to, just to be clear, just to be clear. And so... Obviously, if you haven't played bingo, because I think it is quite a British thing. Yeah. Um, bingo is basically, generally, uh, it's uh, you'll get given a grid, and usually in the grid there are numbers, and there is a person at the at the far end of a very smoky hall, usually, uh, uh, calling out numbers. And if you can create a line of numbers, then you stand up and you shout bingo. Uh, and then you, um, and then you, you get a prize. Basically, that's yeah. that's bingo. So it's a very, um, yeah, uh, it's a very straightforward game, but it's it's, it's fairly yeah. popular. I mean, we had things like Sam throws clothing on the floor. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sam gets so drunk he goes cross-eyed. Yeah, Sam pours vinegar over any food. Mm-hmm. Sam laughs so much he wheezes. Uh, Sam attempts a northern accent, and Sam gets sick. And I think yeah. all of those were done within about thirty minutes. Of the Wasn't game the one which was Sam gets handsy. Oh yeah, during the, <laughs> only during the night though, Dan. So it was a lovely event. Um, we woke up the next day. We played a nice, as a, a nice little hangover cure. We I did everyone a cooked breakfast, and you assisted me, Pete. as my fantastic sous chef. Oh, he's wonderful. You're mm. brilliant. Those eggs were fantastic, Pete. Thank you. And then you cracked them, and we boiled them in the pan, and they were just even better. They were great. <laughs> the uh, the uh, the eggs, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so for good scrambled eggs. Yeah. Get a lot of air in there when you're whisking them in a yeah. in a, like a measuring thing. A uh, lot of air with the whisk. Yeah. A um, little bit of herbs if you can get them. Is this an RAF recipe or is it? I was just thinking. No, it's not. But I mean, I couldn't. I can get in touch with the lot RAF of if you want and let them know about it if if you think it would be. There useful. would be a lot of air in RAF eggs. You that's, assume that's true. <laughs> uh... You also did a salt and vinegar crisp tasting as well. I did. It, it, it all it all happened, to be honest. <laughs> it, 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 Blind tasted eight different flavours. And what flavour did you find was your favourite? Uh, co-op. Salt and vinegar? It, salt and vinegar was definitely the favourite. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a co-op um, Guernsey salt and Chardonnay uh, um, vinegar uh, crisp. Really taste the Guernsey. Uh, so if anyone wants to send those through, um, it's P.O. Box... Number <laughs> staying in. It's, it's, it's worth setting up a PO box just for the crisps. Um, uh, if any, if anybody wants to see the uh, the the scoring chart, oh, yes. I will I will make sure I put that up on the social uh, when this goes out. So uh, uh, it'll probably be linked to in the show notes. In fact, you know what? It'll be linked in the show notes. So yeah, um, it's fine. You can just look at that. Just less work um, for Pete to do. It's just it's just easier. It's fine. Uh, so um, what else? Uh, and so did all that. We did football golf Saturday morning. Football golf. If if you're wondering what is foot golf, it is exactly what you think it is. The name it's creates ba- itself. Yes, on it's the activity. basically rounds of golf, but instead of using a small metal bat to put small <laughs> like ball <laughs> club. <laughs> you mean a golf club? Yeah, I didn't learn much from that PGA Tour guy. Um, <laughs> a golf bat. <laughs> a golf bat. To put a small little white ball into a hole, it's not that. It's kicking a full-size football into a much larger hole, uh, but still the idea of like it's 150 yards par four, uh, playing by the same rules of like playing a you know match play in golf, like you know 
and it's great fun actually. And 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 the rain stopped just as we kind of got through our first hole. It's lovely. It's great. Foot golf is a great normalizer. Um, yeah. Because it's a perfect way to begin a stag. Everyone bonds around a very simple sporty activity. Is that where did you read that? Oh, it's just a guess. All oh, right. Okay. Well, it worked out well. The biggest mistake, the biggest regret of the of the stag weekend, and to be honest, I didn't really know where we were going or what we were doing for most of the time. Was that at no point did I ever turn on my charity miles app. Um, no, I turned on all the time. Which is becoming a familiar tale. Um, yeah. And mainly, I should have guessed to turn it on when Chris started leading us with directions. Um, because mm. if Chris leading the way has taught me anything at any point in my life, <laughs> it's, it's that we're never going the right way. It's true. It's that it's just round this corner means <laughs> let's clamber over something incredibly it dangerous. Was, it was realising this weekend that Chris takes a wholly holistic approach to directions and it's not necessarily where something <laughs> is, it's where something feels like it might be or might appear yeah. to be over in that direction. Oh, so I was amazed we found managed to find one of those rescue boxes again like we did up Scarfell Pipe in the city of York. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I apologise. <laughs> I mean, this is... Yeah, I apologise to... Um, I will make it up to uh, our nominated charity for all the missed miles this weekend. Go get on uh, it. So I've got to get on it. But obviously... We're not doing this on our own. There's lots of people making up for our mistakes, um, <laughs> yeah. which is life. So I've just seen I've just seen Dan sit down with his with his sheets. He zoomed into his charity miles studio, uh, and and he can he can give us an update live on the scene. <laughs> well, what, what would you like to know? Where, where would you like me Ooh. to start with my update? I think. Have we had any new people join? Can we say hello to some lovely people? We've had uh, quite a few new people, actually. So awesome. we'd like to say a Ooh. big thank you and a welcome uh, to Chris. Not you, Chris. New Chris. Uh, Winston. <laughs> Winston. Winston. Uh, welcome. Brilliant. Uh, Super KMX as Ooh. well. Um, Adamski. Hello. Hello. Adamski. There he is. Awesome. Yeah, so he's been, he's been on. He's already putting in some big numbers. Yeah, he. I knew he wouldn't let me down. <laughs> he's taking the slack. There's there's a few people who are kind of on kind of working in our team who are very much carrying the heaviest load. They really are. I think I think those are people who generally know us best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also have Andy Barton. Hello, Andy. Um. Hello, Andrew. Uh, we have Robin Z or Robin Z. Hello. Or Robins. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my mate's nanny thought boy zone was boys one. <laughs> <sighs> well, the Z is separate to the Robin, actually. So Robin, Ro- Ro- Robin Z has been putting in some good miles. Yeah, so and then big numbers. Uh, finally, and the most recent uh, new new recruit to the team is mm-hmm. someone who goes by the name of Plopsworth. So Brilliant. welcome, Plopsworth. Thank you, Plopsworth. Those could Plopsworth. all be initials, Dan. Let's not rule that out. That could be like the thing is though. Now, foreign listeners might be thinking, "Oh, that sounds like a rude name," but it's probably a member of the landed gentry. Yes, definitely. 
Like that d- would not surprise me if that was a baron or a peer. And, and the and the miles they're doing are literally the daily walk round the estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or from their lounge yeah. to their other lounge. I, I won't take the quad bike today. No. Popsworth, Popsworth, where's the dog? Please, Master, Master Popsworth, please do get in touch. If, if you're a member of, of royalty, please do get in touch. Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Um, they, have, they have a dog called Jasper, but pronounced Jasper. And it's got a last, and, it's, and it's got a middle name as well. <laughs> so, so Dan, um, <laughs> so let let's let's fully clothe ourselves in glory so how much have we just the four of us walked and raised so far well so far and i took these figures shortly before we started recording so so far Mm -hmm. this year we have done just the four of us pretty good yeah um a total of 380 miles okay brilliant just us four that's not bad that's running and walking over 100 miles a month yeah and then our our Fantastic teammates, collectively. <laughs> they, they're they beating us, but there's more of them. Yeah. Um, and they're better than us. Uh, they've done uh, five, just over 530 miles. Mm. So we're, we're kind of flying uh, at the moment. I'm really happy with how it's all going. Uh, so far, at the moment, altogether, we have raised a grand total of just over $220. That's really A variety of charities. That's really yeah. good. Even a small amount, every little bit counts. And it's it's going really well at the moment. And also I'm winning at the moment, so... Uh... And it's only March. It's only March. Um, so well, our target for the year is $1,000. Um, so it'll be all right. We're, we're, on, we're, we're right. on course. We're doing okay. 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 Let's keep, the, let's keep it going. Absolutely. So let's pray right. for inflation. So thank you, Dan, for joining us from the charity miles update. Boom. There, there we go. That's, that's my theme tune for the day. <laughs> I think that's also Countdown's theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I took you to some bloke's house. That was a little bit weird. That was a bit weird. Even though everyone... Well, it didn't help that as soon as he got to his front door, you all just stood back, leaving (laughs) Sam to just go forwards. We have to be clear. We literally walked out of York Centre into the suburbs and then walked up to a random terrace house and knocked on the door. I was also a little bit unnerved, thinking, what have I paid for? And there was was nothing there to indicate that this was any kind of business, this was any kind of, like, official residence of anyone. And someone asked me, who's your favourite celebrity? And I was like, um, no one that I know that lives in York. (laughs) (laughs) And lives in a a random terrace house. Yeah, so then I was really paranoid that you were going to open the door, think that I really liked John Binglesworth from that programme in the the 90s, and here he is, he's living in here, and you're going to have a one-to-one... Nicholas Lyndhurst. Yeah, you're going to have a one-to-one meeting with this person you don't know who it is. Um, And I didn't know who it was. And we went no. into the back of his house, and he was a lovely chap. And I, at first, I thought, like, is he a children's presenter? Like, are we going to have like some sort of 
adults weird children's party and then there were some puppets in his yeah that was a little bit unnerving. in his conservatory so were we going to do like have like a puppet workshop yeah and i thought we were going to die i mean to be fair to be fair Sam, we mean, knew what we were doing and it was still yeah. unnerving i think that's what yeah. i think and then i started to get those waves of heat you know that you get where it's just like <laughs> he lent on the hob yeah i just I just need, you know, you know when you get that feeling where you just need to like say, "Can I just step outside for a moment?" <laughs> like, yeah, no, I I can understand it's a little bit weird, but then it's all right because then he took us upstairs to his front room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. took us into his back bedroom and everything became normal. Yep, he yep. led us into his professional recording studio, and Chris handed me the lyrics to three songs, which apparently I'd previously chosen in some other. <laughs> yeah, you, had. you had. We went for a meal and. Um, uh, like the thought, me, you, Lisa, and Veronica, and and I was think I was saying to Lisa, how am I going to find out what kind of songs that he's going to be up for singing in this? Because I don't want to just pick the songs, his his favourite songs, because it's kind of a group singing activity. Not everyone may know them, and also, what if he picks something that's purely instrumental? Um, that might be tricky. So Lisa, which then, you w- which I wouldn't put that past Sam. Lisa, well, yeah, because I mean, yes, I wouldn't mind either. But Lisa proffered to him, so just casually, just said. Well, if you had to organise a karaoke, which songs would be on the list? And Jassam just quickly just rattled off these three songs. And I made a quick little note of them on my Google Keep app. And I thought, oh, I'll save that for a rainy day. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I, I sent it to this guy. So this is pre-centre studios. Fantastic bloke. Mm. Real nice guy, John. Yeah, yeah. Joking aside, he isn't a murderer. No, not He's at all. He's actually a very, very nice guy. Like, Honestly, he was yeah, such a really safe nice pair of hands. I've sent him yeah. an email today saying, look, if you want me to set, um, put like a little quote on the website, you know, because he's got that from different stag parties in the past about how good he was. I'm more than happy to do that because he was brilliant. Oh, please do that, yeah. Chris, please. Cause I, I, no, yeah, I will do, genuinely, because he, he was fantastic. I think that we have all performed before. We've done performing stuff. And um, because the idea... Because the idea is, is that we had these songs. He was like, "Right, we're gonna all record. We're all gonna record one," and mm. it was like me and ten other people. And like, I'm happy to act in front of people and sort of play the fool, but I, I still find singing like really disarming and like really difficult to do in in front of people. And which is why I brought beer. Like, I, my bag was just full of beer. Yeah, that was also important. Yeah, so was mine. But immediately, like, John was really good of kind of, like, just creating that really nice atmosphere. Like, he knew that we were all absolutely shit. Like, 100%. Yeah. Some of us have certain abilities and special qualities, um, but there there was not... Pizza, very good mime. Yeah. There was not very many of us who had you know, perfect pitch or could really, you know, hit it. And I don't think it would have been... I think if someone had just stood up there and started, like, full-on singing it, it would have killed the mood a little bit. Like, well, great. Yeah. <laughs> it, it helped that everyone kind of felt they were in the same boat. I really want. I really wanted to find, like, you know, like, a secret singer. Yeah. You know, like, in that episode of The Simpsons where they just hear Barney <laughs> just singing, like, beautifully majestic. <laughs> I really wanted that to be, like, Lisa's dad or your dad, Sam. Think, oh, my... Although, actually, my your dad, dad was, Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and you. All, yeah, that's all the Turners. But John But John was, was fabulous in that I think he... he 
he must do this a lot and he fully cottoned on to the fact that we were there just to have a good time and mainly laugh yep. at me trying to sing Kiss from a Rose by Seal. With your with your brother-in-law. With my brother-in-law. Um, who actually has that as his ringtone. No, his alarm, alarm on his phone. Alarm, yeah. uh, he's got a new alarm now. So it was a lovely duet. Um, and then we went from there and decided to tackle the ambitious uh, queen intellectual property, which is Bohemian Rhapsody. Obviously. <laughs> A light and frothy so in in under two hours. In under two hours, because I because I couldn't I couldn't I didn't have enough money to fork out for the full what week long experience. No, for him, <laughs> he just locks us in. Um, We're not going until we've nailed the song. But he was. But again, John was like, "Okay, this is something we can do," and we, you know, I I still don't know how he managed it. How we no well auto tune well yeah there's auto tune um um I think I found out that I sing very slowly and in a Cornish accent <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to it again today think <laughs> Pete put it beautifully he said it sounded like Hal from Space Two Thousand One yes. getting unplugged and then <laughs> and still my favourite thing about that track is one of my favourite things there's many brilliant things about about that that recording. Is is Dan singing? I was singing a line like it was a nursery rhyme. <laughs> easy come, easy, easy go. go. Little high, little low. <laughs> it was just like fabulous. Just his like innate um, paternal singing um, style came out of him. But it was Pete who had his covered. Pete, you were genuinely like my partner's listened to the track and she says you've got a very good voice mm. Pete. You were, you were and I'm, not, I'm not being sarcastic genuinely mm. and I, I agree with her because but, actually what you do very well Pete is you you can you've covered a lovely bass tenor but also you can go very high so you and Ed for the really high bits of Galileo <laughs> would just it was brilliant because obviously but what makes Bohemian Rhapsody such a difficult song is just those massive almost often discordant shifts in tone tone and pitch well I've got discordant down yeah yeah nailed it Mm. Um, but so it was. It was just wonderful, and I, I Duncan, um, Duncan's oh. kind of really, really quite sinister. Duncan's reading of some of those lines was was uh, sometimes profound. Um, it was. It, it was. It, it like looking back on it, remembering that as an experience. Every time I looked around the room, there was always someone laughing or smiling or trying to stifle yeah, a laugh. Oh, yeah. Like there was never a point where you know we were all taking it really seriously, no, or there was, no. there was not something to laugh at. Um, and he kept that in the audio. Yeah. You can hear us laughing in the back, which I love. It was also really like good natured. Yeah, that, and I think that's really important. Like because it, 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 you're right. Like it's it is like bearing your soul, right? Like. Yeah. There is a bit of it where you're like, oh god, I, I you know, I'm gonna do this really weird creative thing, and then and then you, you hear know, Chris for some reason slipping into a Cornish accent during a line of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and you realise, hang on, we should all just be having a bit of fun. And- Nothing yeah. really matters, and he had to speed me up. <laughs> Nothing really matters to and me. And it still sounds too slow. Um, <laughs> but oh, no, he was fantastic, and. Um, yeah, um, and I think that just, I, I've, and, and actually joking aside, when it's all of us singing like "Mama," that's the best bit for yeah. me. That just sounds great. We, and he, even he, even his, even he was surprised. Yeah. It's quite <laughs> funny as you listen to it, kind of the long because he kind of we recorded it kind of sequentially, line by line. Yeah, and as you get to the end, you can tell by this time 
everyone's had a little drink. Everyone's a much more confident now because we've all had a go. We all know we're all a bit shit. So we're, everyone's kind of on the in the same boat. So we're all now just giving it some welly, and it then becomes a little bit like a football chat. Stag FC um, because yeah. everyone yeah. Cause no one cares anymore. No one's kind of being shy about it. They're just kind of being happy and just singing along to Queen and a song that everyone knows. It was a football crowd with lofty ambitions, basically. It was, yeah. yeah, I mean, I still, I still managed to. A lot of us still managed to pronounce "matter" with two D's in it. Matter, yeah, matter, matter. Um, and and then, brilliant. And, and you've got that now to keep. We've all got it to keep. We will put it somewhere on the internet, uh, and maybe we should we do like some sort of uh, journal twenty-seven esque puzzle. <laughs> so we don't just like slap it out there. You got to earn it. I'll, uh, yeah, yeah. I will. Um, I will figure out a way to get it to people. Uh, if we had a Kickstarter, this would be something we'd give as a little back as, a back as exclusive. And um, yeah. as as a final tease, as a final tease, and this will, and I will. If you ever see me and you hand me a bag of co-op um, Guernsey sea salt and uh, Chardonnay vinegar crisps, I will give you the download code to Don't Stop Believing as, as sung by Peter Willington as Daniel Frost appearing to take on some characters of sex pests. <laughs> and, and it, was, th- it was the grubbiest, dirtiest version and, of the song And managing to change quite a, a reasonably okay love song into something quite threatening and quite and very disturbing. <laughs> quite menacing. One day we'll, we'll let that out. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but I the think, world, the world is not yet ready for it. But I think, as I said, like a plague. Before we do, I think you will both have to go through some sort of background checks and have that as like <laughs> the still image. I, I blame Pete because you don't, want, you don't want the first time it's her to be in court. <laughs> I, I had no idea what was going on with the stag, as you might, as you might have gathered, yeah, um, already. Um, so when. When Chris was kind of planning it, my main questions were him were, what's the weather going to be like? And Mm -hmm. what board games do I need to bring? Because Mm -hmm. those are my two questions I ask whenever I go anywhere, really. So, usual me, I packed lots. Cosmic Encounter. Um, I got... That was a bit ambitious, that one. Oh, that would have been lovely. It would have been lovely. But in my head, I had the expectation that it would be like the four of us, maybe five or six people left over at one o'clock in the morning. Like, let's 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 go on. But that never happened. Um, And uh, I'd also got given V Commandos (laughs) for my birthday, which is a very great gift. And we will talk about it at some point on a future podcast. Mm -hmm. But I brought that for some reason. Um, uh, I also brought along Zoo Ball. Uh, not knowing that Zubal's creator was a surprise guest to the to the stack, um, <laughs> so that was that was a, a, a an endearing image. And uh, Shummel Hummel and Cockroach Poker also came, and I also bought my Switch, loaded up with lots of fun uh, things. But as often happens, we didn't play any of those. No, didn't touch them. Um, no. Mainly because to. I think we landed on the hit game of the stag quite early on. Mm-hmm. Um, aforementioned creator of Zoo Ball, uh, which is like, oh, should we play Towerfall? And I think most of us say, like, what? Towerfall? Yeah. Um, and I kind of, when we started playing it, I kind of had a vague sort of 
echo of a sort of thinking that I've seen it somewhere. And Pete, you'd mentioned that it's pretty much been everywhere for however long. Yep. Um, and the art style is very similar to because it's made by Matt Makes Games. I want to say the people who made Celeste. Uh, Towerfall Games. Uh, let's find out. It's by. Go on. Matt makes games. Thank you. Um, and so they, yeah, they made Celeste. So it's kind of a similar style, and the movement of the characters is very, very simple. And the premise of the game is very, very easy. Um, you are all archers in a combat arena, and it's the last one alive wins. And you fire bows, and you jump around all these different procedurally, procedurally generated um, places, and and try and murder each other. And it's it's it was really really good fun. Um, it it just kind of captured that perfect mood um, that we wanted to kind of foster with the with a stag party. It was like a a really easy game to get hold of. You know, two button presses, and that's all the game is. But also, it was great for other people to watch who didn't really want to play. It was like a yeah, very good very spectator so. sport. Um. Yeah, uh, and it's and it, immediately when I came home, I put it on my Switch wish list as kind of like I need to, you know, I need to have this ready to go in case like some people come around or whatever to play because it's really really good. Uh, in the same way that Overcooked is like exceptionally yeah. simple to get hold of, a premise that everyone can easily understand, but no one feels excluded from if they, you know, don't want to play or even if they find it too difficult you never feel like you're left behind. Mm. And you always feel you also always feel like once you do get the hang of it after, you know, two or three minutes, you always feel like you're doing rubbish or amazingly yeah. well. Yeah. Like and it and that can change at the flip of a coin basically yeah. because even when it, like when I when I was late to the party, you guys started playing and I joined in first few rounds, I was obviously going to be crap. But I never ever felt disheartened because I'd seen how quickly the front runner can suddenly slip to the back. Oh, it does. It it does that mainly through a really really simple balancing mechanic. So when you, I think when you first start the game from scratch, you each get like three arrows each. However, the person as the game goes on, the person who's got the most kills, and it's like first ten kills wins, starts the match with less and less arrows, and like the the more kills you get. I think you might even start off some match with just one arrow. However, if you're at the bottom of that scale, you'll start off with more arrows and you'll be given a shield, which kind of gives you like an extra life. Um, so it balances out the game really, really simply. So you never, if you're not doing well, you never really um, feel like it. It's a bit like Mario Kart or Crash Team Racing, where if, you, if you're at the back... When yeah. you're when you go for the to the hit through the crates and things, the weapons you get are always noticeably more powerful. Yeah, but that but in, and... but in Mario Kart that feels slightly cheap because you oh, okay. know that you're picking up more powerful stuff than the person in front. So, whereas in Towerfall it feels a lot more, you, your victories feel a lot more deserved. You're not you're not you get you've got a bit of an advantage over the enemy, but it's not so much that it feels like. A really, you know, your a cheap victory. Towerfall also uh, resulted in a single crystallizing moment of demonstrating the difference between the generations, 
where at oh, one yes. point I was in standing in the kitchen uh, <laughs> looking at everybody, all the kind of all the younger generation sat around the kind of the dining table because like the, the TV screen was at the end of the room playing Towerfall. And I kind of wandered in to just check kind of because um, Samuel, Dad and Lisa Dad were in the room checking they were okay if they needed anything. Um, and I walked in to find them both sat on the sofa watching Dad's Army. And I was like, this is just kind of so crystallized the two different yeah. generations just separate rooms one's playing video games the other's watching dad's army <laughs> but as a but as a mark of respect we didn't kick them out of the living room instead like the nine of us went and sat around the kitchen table yeah. and yeah. played york is beautiful isn't it's it some great pubs oh, we had some street food in town as well it also has um a fantastic marketplace the shambles market uh, we w- we went somewhere. The only place I've ever known that's sort of similar to that, and there probably is hundreds and hundreds of places like that, is the um, the caravan that we went to in Budapest. Like, oh yeah, just a place where oh, I'm really in the mood for bloody hell. They sell it, like you know, mm. where you just wander around and there's something literally for every single food taste. Um, yeah. You travel the world in like just one little market, yeah, basically. It was it was great. But we went back and we played. We had it. We had a curry takeaway and we played um, a little tweaking on your favorite one of your favorite games, Sam. My favorite party game, uh, Monikers. Um, we played, or as we like to call it, Samikers. Um, yeah, so Samikers, uh, popular. Uh, if you've never played Monikers, Monikers before, uh, you have things on the card that can be anything from a hamburger to the Unabomber. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you went. A light and frothy card game for all ages. <laughs> to, that is generally something on a Monikers card. Uh, yeah, so you is. can go from that to your awful uncle or uh, Niam Cat. You know, those kind of things, like things right. that popular things that everyone will know. In the first a round, variety. Yeah, a variety of things. In the first, you have you build a deck of cards from the group. In the first round, you can use um all the words you want except for the actual thing you're trying to describe to describe it to your teammate. Teammates. Uh in the second round you are using the same deck of cards, but you can only say one word. Um and in the third round you're using the same deck of cards. Uh, but it's charades or charades. Who knows? Um, so Samika's was exactly the same as Monica's, but every single card had uh, a moment from my life or a thing I'd said or um, something that I had done. The The selection on offer were, were very good. And most of them revolved around me crying, me <laughs> in the shower or a combination of the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's fabulous and and the whole weekend itself was wrapped up the only way uh, a stag weekend uh, for me can be which was doing an escape room on the Sunday Mm. and visiting a board game shop uh, (laughs) which is kind of uh, most of my weekends really we went to Great Escape in York which was fantastic and made even more so by the fact that our team got onto the leaderboard we're in the top 10 um, I get the we're going to hear about that quite a lot. Yep. Well, uh, but, we, um, p- but Pete got to wear a policeman's hat throughout the I, entire escape room. I did, yeah. and he wore it at a jaunty angle. Oh, <laughs> it was so good. Except wasn't that, it good though? But when you wore when you wore the same police hat outside of the escape room, you looked more like a sailor or a train conductor than any man yeah. of authority. 
as as I mentioned before, it's it's a weekend that's left me starving, mm. ravenous. Um, I feel like I've com- snacked a lot today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like a computer that needs defragging, um, <laughs> which is probably the best way. Completely. <laughs> I just need a bit of my C drive rebuilt, and and I'll and I'll be all right. Um, but yeah, very humbling, and I I think I eulogised. Not that's not the right word. I think I I preached at Pete at some point on the first evening about how it was all very overwhelming, uh, but lovely and. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't have wished for a nicer bunch of friends. I think that was when Pete came into the pub and said, Sam's been giving me a speech. Now I've just bundled him into Chris's car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, taking him home. Like With it. no context. Yeah. <laughs> we all kind of went, yeah, right, then fair enough. Yeah, right. Tell right. Uh, fair enough. He's had uh, 15 beers. It's probably about time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 15 beers. And he was slowly sliding his way down the chair onto the floor in the pub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. some, some, some wonderful imagery. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I I think I think Chris, you did an yes. absolutely bang up job. Yes, you did. You. Uh, and Sam, you absolutely deserved a bang up job. Thank Completely. You. Who's next? Who's next? I'll have another one. All right, Dan. <laughs> we'll get on it. <laughs> All right, I've got a bit of work to do first, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> Got, got a difficult conversation. <laughs> We've had another listener question Ooh. sent to us through all the usual means. That's Twitter and Facebook at Staying In Pod. Wonderful. And then Staying In Pod at gmail.com is the email address if you want to send us an old fashioned uh, physical tweet. Um, <laughs> you can send us questions via all of those methods. And please do because we actually are running out now. Um, uh, so the question this time comes from at games two four seven. Hello, hello there. Always up, always ready. Uh, and they ask, which of the current squad at Aston Villa mm. makes the best cup of tea and has the keenest eye for painting miniatures? My guess would be John McGinn. Now I think at games two four seven is John Mag- is saying that John McGinn would ha- would make both the best cup of tea and the keenest eye for painting miniatures. Mm. I'm glad I asked this one myself. I'm, I've got to say I think it's probably going to be Jed Steer, um, <laughs> or possibly uh, Alan Hutton. Okay, so uh, how can I just say two, I think. Pete has gone for probably two of the first names on the team sheet that he has seen. Okay. Um, I th- I think I think we can answer this as a team. I mm. think we can work together and answer this as a team. So I okay. I say I think Pete, you tell us what are the key kind of skills that kind of general skills that one would need to be proficient at miniatures. Yeah, good. Yeah. Chris, yeah. you say what are the key skills that would make you proficient in making tea. Sam, you convert those into footballing skills, and then I will then assign those mm. skills to an Aston Villa player. Together we oh, can right, answer okay. this correctly. I think, uh, I think the key skill is really uh, is is threefold. It's gentleness, patience, okay. and an eye for detail. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's what you need, I think, for 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 painting uh, miniatures uh to a to a high degree or at least to a basic degree i would say gentleness and the other two things that i said <laughs> chris chris how about you what what are the skills that one needs to make an excellent cup of tea i think possessing the right 
amount of nervous energy. What? What's that got to do with making tea? Knowing exactly how long the tea bag should steep for in the teapot without using mm. a timer, just sensing, or without even having to look in the pot, mm. you just know. Being a natural. When that bag, when that bag is steeped. Yeah. So patience, really, in that regard, which again correlates with what Pete's just said. Mm. Um, an ability to um, be comfortable um, performing in extremely hot temperatures. <laughs> We've all had that teapot, which, you know, has leaked a bit as you're pouring it. Yep. Um, so those qualities, really. Patience and asbestos fingers. Okay, all so right. now we have the core kind of foundations of the skill set. Now, yeah. Sam, it's your job is to convert that into footballing skill set. And then I will then assign that to an Aston Villa player who best meets all of these requirements and then we would give possibly the most educated answer we have ever given on this podcast all right so right so it seems to me like you want someone with patience both pete and chris said patience was a massive um skill in both making Mm. tea and uh painting miniatures and, and Chris specifically, like patience, but also having a keen knowledge of the passage of time. So I think you will need uh, a footballer who um, is very good at um, time management. So therefore, you know, like all oh, the clocks getting to 90 minutes, we're winning, shove it in the corner, lads. You know, very aware of, oh, no hang on, we've got a couple minutes, we need to see out this game or we really need to go for it. Um, and you, and maybe um, a footballer who is very good at taking penalties because that's a very, like, you've got, you've got to be patient sometimes because the goalkeeper's doing that wobbly spaghetti legs like Bruce Grobelar or the referee's doing nonsense or it's not quite on the spot, mate. Like, all that kind of stuff. Um, and... Or, uh, and nervous energy. So you would want a footballer who maybe is sometimes a little bit rash in the tackle and not a rash on his tackle, but rash in a tackle. Those are two very different things. Yeah, don't get them confused. No, one requires cream. Yeah. My, my feeling is leaning towards like a defensive midfielder role, I feel, kind of. If it was if it was Man United circa the nineties, Paul Scholes immediately comes to mind. Rash in the tackle, good at a penalty, and can <laughs> manage um, <laughs> manage himself <laughs> under pressure. I think, so. I think that's what it said in those Premier League sticker books next to his name. <laughs> Alongside good at miniatures and cups of tea. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, based on those, I mean, what um the 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 questioner suggesting John McGinn that's not a bad show he's he's rushing the tackle um i don't he's 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 quite uh he he runs around a lot he's quite spontaneous i don't feel like he'd be a good fit for the patience um mm. i'm fancying uh perhaps someone who works well under pressure takes control um perhaps uh young jack grealish might be might be better on this uh he's very calm uh, he's yeah. very uh, skillful, so delicate. I'm looking at a picture of him now, and he does look like a good boy. 
<laughs> and is that is that what you Isn't look it? for in a miniature painter? Yeah, he do, he looks like the sort of Jack Grealish. First of all, great name. Second of all, um, he looks like the sort of guy that you would, um, you'd you'd take him home to your to your parents. But more importantly than that, when you took him to your grandparents, your grandpa your granddad would be like, always oh, a good lad, and your grandma would be like, fancy him a little bit, just a little <laughs> bit. Do you know what I mean? That he's a, level he's a, he's of a good, like, he's a good-looking boy. He really is. He's a good-looking boy, but he's also a nice-looking boy. Well presented, clean. Whereas, whereas, when I contrast that to Scott Hogan, okay, currently on loan, of course, then obviously, yeah, uh, he looks like he looks like maybe he would he would. Uh, he would say he was going to tarmac your drive, but he would take the 30 quid and then just like go away afterwards and not really do it. He'd just sprinkle some gravel down and say, that's it, done. He'd be like, that's it, done. Hang, hang, hang on, Pete. What fairy tale world are you living in that tarmacking the drive is only 30 quid? Or is that like a 10% deposit? Or Yeah, no, it's, he, no. what I'm saying is Scott Hogan would say, oh, I could do that for a, for a bet, like... <laughs> For a price that you think, really? Can I really do that? Oh, well, it's only 30 quid. How bad can it be? And the, what it'll, the badness comes when Scott just runs away. Still wearing his football boots. Obviously, Scott Hogan is not here to defend himself. and his... It's true. It's true. Whereas, whereas his uh, colleague, Keenan Davis, looks like he'd do a f- bang-up job of it. Um, do you have to but... tarmac much in miniature painting? No, sadly not. That's kind of really heavy duty miniatures, then, because it's very rare that you get indoor tarmacking. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so are we agreed then? Are we agreed on the good boy? I, th- I think. That, I think the good boy. Uh, I think would be the best fit for this particular task. So we're going to go with Jack Grealish. Yes, that is correct. Okay. Well, tough luck, Tom Carroll. Your turn may be next, but not right now. Um, I'm just enjoying hearing Pete just rattle up random names that he reads. I won't even try and pronounce that one. There's like a J after a B. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) 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 Christopher Darby. That was Staying In with Peter Willington, Daniel Frost, Chris Darby and myself, Sam Turner. Now, as we mentioned in the podcast, there is a version of Bohemian Rhapsody that now exists somewhere on the internet with our voices in it, as well as everyone else who attended the stag. I hope they're okay with that. They will be left unidentified. If you want to find out where that song is, then please, please keep your eyes tuned to our Twitter and Facebook pages to search at staying in pod those are also brilliant places to go if you want to catch up with what we're up to uh please please send us a question we love them silly funny serious engaging we we want them all so please just send us a question whilst you're listening to us singing bohemian rhapsody i think that's the best exchange rate for our embarrassment Don't forget, we also have the curation pages on Steam and BoardGameGeek. Brilliant places to go if you want to find the stuff that we love in board and video game form. But for now, 
That's it from this episode of the Staying In Pod. Tell your friends, listen to Bo Rap, sing along with us. Until next time, goodbye.